This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Portugal has opened its first Holocaust museum, built in the northern city of Porto, by members of a Jewish community that was founded by descendants of victims of the Inquisition. Jose Nascimento, leader of the Hippa Lions, which includes Hellenic, Italian and Portuguese lances, an attorney and human rights activist, joins me now to tell me more. Jose, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your program. Jose, is this the first museum that is Holocaust Museum that's been opened up in Portugal? Yes, it is. In fact, it's the first museum to be a hol- first Holocaust museum to be opened up in the Iberian Peninsula, which obviously is composed of Portugal and Spain. And it, it, it has been opened up by the descendants of Sephardic Jews that lived in the Iberian Peninsula, namely Portugal and Spain. So tell me a little bit about the history of the Jews in the area. Well, the the Jews have been in that area for perhaps 2,000 years, even before Portugal became a state. Um, There's documents that that show Jewish presence as far back as 482. And with the fall of the Roman Empire, the Jews were persecuted by the Visigoths and unfortunately other European Christian kingdoms uh, which controlled the area after that period. Then in the 700s, the, the, the Moors invaded the Iberian Peninsula. And oddly enough, the, 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 the Jews at the time saw this as a type of liberation. And... It marked what many have seen as being the golden age of Jewish culture in the Iberian Peninsula. This is before Portugal became independent. Um, even though under Muslim rule they were considered to be demini, uh, which basically I, I would presume would be non-Muslims, and they had to pay some special tax. But they, they felt better under the, the Muslims than what they did under the Visigoths and, and other so-called Christian uh, Christian uh, kingdoms. Um, the, then you, the first king of Portugal, King Afonso I, entrusted uh, Yahia ben Yahi III with the post of supervisor of tax collection and nominated him as the first chief rabbi of Portugal. Uh, a position that has always been appointed by the King of Portugal. Your chief rabbi was always appointed by the King of Portugal. That seems to have been the tradition. And the Jews obviously uh, played played a prominent role. Uh, his son, the second King of Portugal, King Sancho I, continued his father's policy, and he made Jose, my namesake, Jose Ibn Yahia, the grandson of the first rabbi, the high steward of the realm. So the the Jewish folk occupied prominent positions from the inception of, of Portugal. And they carry on uh, contributing and being uh, obviously good good citizens of, of the country. Unfortunately, with, uh, at the time of the discoveries, Manuel I of Portugal, King Manuel I, decree that all Jews had to convert to Christianity um, or leave the country, 
which was quite a harsh uh, decision. Um, I'm not trying to protect him, but he was under under tremendous pressure from the Catholic Church, from the papacy, to do this. Um, the, the Spanish Inquisition was already on course. It had already begun. Many of your Spanish Jews of Sephardic uh, descendancy moved to Portugal. and But then Portugal established the so-called Portuguese Inquisition in 1536. Um, and, and here's an interesting, here's an interesting scenario. And this, this is my, my analysis, but I've heard this from other, from other people, even from some historians. During the, the discoveries, Lisbon became the center of Europe in terms of influence, of commerce, of, uh, of money. Lisbon was a very, Portugal was a very wealthy state, uh, owing to the discoveries. And the, the Jewish Portuguese played a, a very important role in the discoveries. Uh, not only through their technology, technology of the age, the astrolabe, was an invention of a Jewish-Portuguese man. And that was with the astrolab that the Portuguese were able to sail where others couldn't sail. Um, but they became prominent because they were merchants and they were obviously involved in the spice trade, etc., etc. So Lisbon was the, call it the center of Europe in, in, many, in many aspects and facets. With the expulsion of the Jewish-Portuguese, most of them went to to Amsterdam. They went to other places. They went to Turkey. They went to uh, France. They went to Morocco. Uh, Turkey, of course, then uh, meaning Constantinople, or Istanbul as we know it nowadays. Curaçao and the Antilles. But I, 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 the majority went to Amsterdam. They created their own, set up their own community there with their own synagogue. And even today, the biggest synagogue in Amsterdam is called the Portuguese Synagogue of Amsterdam. <laughs> so interesting, but why, why I'm chuckling is Lisbon that had been the center of attraction was now overtaken by Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam became the center of Europe, the center of, of interest, of commerce, of, uh, so the, the Jewish merchants and the, the Jewish folk took along their intellectual abilities their great business acumen, and obviously turned Amsterdam into the city in Europe. And I, I think that the Portuguese have paid a dear price for that. Not only did they lose people that added tremendous value to their economy and to their culture and society, they then didn't have any continuation. You know, these people, had they stayed on in Portugal, I mean, they were Portuguese nationals, they would have carried on contributing and making Portugal uh, a far better place. I mean, if you look at Amsterdam, you look at the Netherlands today, it's a, it's a well-run, governed country. And of course, another interesting factor, and I don't believe it's necessarily the same, Portuguese Jews that left Lisbon and went to Amsterdam, they crossed the ocean and created New Amsterdam, which by the way became New York. <laughs> so the, the Portuguese Jews have, um, 
have, have a history of success. And I think it was a serious error in, in expelling them. But as I said, I, I think the Catholic Church was the naughty one there. They were the, the they were the entity that put all the pressure on um, on the king to to uh, combat heresy, as they called it. You know, Jose? It's definitely one of a dark moments of the Catholic Church, the, the Inquisition. Jose, so I've, I'm, having studied in Amsterdam, I can attest to the fact that the Portuguese synagogue there is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's such an incredibly beautiful place. But I just want to jump ahead because, you know, you're talking about the Jews leaving um, Portugal. Since 2015, Jews have come back to Portugal. And the fact that this new museum has been established is indicative of a, a new community that's starting to thrive. Can I say that? Yes, no, that is true. I mean, this community was has jumped to about 3,100 people in the last 20 years, and that's an increase of some 20%. Um, so if, if, if we can discuss the, 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 the Holocaust Museum of Porto, um, the Holocaust Museum of Porto was developed in cooperation with the Jewish Museum and Tolerance Center in Moscow. Interesting, eh? And other institutions. And, uh, it was opened, it was, it was supposed to have opened on, it did open, in fact, on January the 27th, which is to coincide with the International Holocaust Day. Um, by the Jewish community of Porto. Porto is your second largest city in, in Portugal and definitely your most industrialized area of Portugal. And uh, it was inaugurated by the Israeli ambassador to Portugal, by the leader of a Jewish community in Porto, uh, Diaz Ben Zion, um, and the mayor of Porto, uh, um, Rio Moreira. Um, and, and it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept, uh, in that it differs from perhaps other Holocaust museums. Um, and it features, it features a, rep, a reproduction of the Auschwitz prisoner barracks, a memorial room with walls carrying the names of Holocaust victims and obviously a study center. So it's essentially the museum is divided or arranged and organized under three different themes, the, 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 which are time-related. The first one is the life of the Jewish people before the Holocaust. Then it's the period of death during the Holocaust, and then life again after the Holocaust. So it's... Uh, it's, it's interesting. It has many green spaces. The greenery is symbolizing life. Um, which, which unfortunately, uh, emerged after the, the Holocaust. Um, because as we all know, the Holocaust wasn't just the extermination of, of, of people. It was an attempt to exterminate their culture, their history, their traditions and, and family life. It was, the, the evil objectives were, were more than just, uh, more than just death. Um, so as I said, it's, it's a replica of the Auschwitz and, and, uh, Bikrenau, um, barracks. 
It has names on the wall of tens of thousands of Jews that died in, in Auschwitz. Uh, they also have a 400 personal files of Jews that went through Porto during World War II. Um, and that is perhaps what, it, what makes it different to, to the other Holocaust uh, museums. Um, as I said, the museum was created by the Jewish community of Porto of near 500 people because there's only 3,100 people, uh, Jewish people in Portugal at the moment. But the, the numbers are going to increase because there's something like 78,000 applications for Portuguese citizenship by descendants of Sephardic Jews, um, of which a third have been approved already. Um, the, the, the beauty of this application is you get given Portuguese nationality, but you don't have to reside in Portugal. So it's, uh, I, I think it's a type of, it's, uh, it's not a type, it is an atonement, uh, for the wrongs that Portugal did. This is a way of saying, sorry, we, we were wrong, um, and you can reacquire your, your, uh, your Portuguese uh, nationality, or not you, your, they are descendants of those that, that left Portugal. But I must tell you that in Portugal, it's not just Sephardic Jews that compose the 3,100. There are Ashkenazi Jews as well. In fact, the tre treasurer of the Porto Jewish community, Michael um, Stormwell, is, is uh, of German descent. So obviously Ashkenazi and, and not Sephardic. In fact, this whole museum is dedicated to 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 those that that died in in, in Europe, essentially Germany. Jose, maybe it's worthwhile re-looking at your Amsterdam friends and trying to see if you can get the descendants of them back into uh, Portugal. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> This we the weather is certainly better than it is in Amsterdam, I'm sure, at the climate. And... Yes. Uh, perhaps, I don't know if this is useless information to our listeners, but the the museum is situated near the science faculty of the Porto University. And the exact address is Rua, meaning road or street, do Campo Alegre. Number 790. And it has free entrance. Its curator is someone called Hugo Vaz, V-A-Z. And apparently they, there is a great interest, especially from your university students. They expect something like 10,000 people to visit the museum in its first year. So there is, there is, um, a lot of interest, um, for the, you know, to visit the museum and to to have a look at what it offers. Um, yes. Jose, thank you very much. Uh, um, yeah, just also looking at the pictures of the museum, it does look absolutely amazing, and they are expecting a lot of visitors, and hopefully it, it does, you know, it contributes to reconciliation in the area and moving forward that, there will one day again be a thriving Jewish community in Portugal. I'm certain. I'm certain of that, uh, you know, by the number of applications. The the Jewish community has been very, has always been respected in Portugal. And I say for that inquisition period, you know, even in modern day, even in modern day um, Portugal, 
contemporaneous Portugal, there's no sign of anti-Semitism there. Not at all. And your, your Jewish, your Portuguese Jewish community leaders will attest to that. They, they feel Portuguese, they feel at home, they, they don't have to practice their faith in secret as they did before or centuries ago. And yeah, it's, uh, I think it's definitely, um, a step in the right direction. We must make the world a better place for all humanity. Thank you. And that incredibly beautiful note, Jose, thank you so much for joining me. That was Jose Nascimento, who's the leader of the HIP or the Hellenic Italian Portuguese Alliance, an attorney and human rights activist. Thank you. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.